And hello everyone, this is Rich Sports Talk, and I'm Nolan Rich. Thank you so much for joining us here today. And man, I'm going to sound like a broken record. Jamal Adams has a contract issue. As reported earlier today by Mike Florio, the Seattle Seahawks and Jamal Adams are at an impasse. Seattle feels they've made a fair offer. Jamal Adams, who has gone on the record with the Jets saying he didn't want to just be the highest paid safety, but highest paid defensive player in the entire league, is not budget. And the plan, according to Pro Football Talk, is that the Seahawks are planning on using the franchise tag over the next two seasons for 2022 and 2023. If they have to, Adams is scheduled to make just shy of $10 million this year. But the biggest thing just reported by Pro Football Talk is also the following. Jamal Adams is already thinking about how he can utilize the franchise tag, saying if they are going to tag him, he is not going to be a safety. It will be as a linebacker so that he can make more money. I said this at the time of the Jamal Adams trade, that Seattle needed to do two things. Number one, sign him as quickly as possible. And number two, understand that if you didn't sign him as soon as possible, this was going to be a problem. And Jamal Adams, without question, is a great player. I'm going to start off by saying this. Jamal Adams is an incredibly talented player. I put Jamal Adams in two very separate categories. As a football player, he is incredibly talented. You can make a case he's one of the most talented players. I think package-wise, what he can do, he's one of the top 10 NFL players in terms of physical talent and traits that he has that you can't teach people. He's an incredible game wrecker. He is an, a guy who you cannot game plan for. I like to call him a positionless hybrid. That's what he is. He is not a definitive safety. He's a hybrid player that makes an impact on the game in certain ways. Now, there's flaws in his game, of course, but he can make a huge impact. But the thing with Jamal Adams is there's the other side. There is the Jamal Adams persona, as I like to call it. Because Jamal Adams... For as great as he is, is his own best salesman. You heard it all the time with the New York Jets when he first got drafted. I am going to change the culture here. I am the team leader. This franchise will be built around me. But Jamal has a tendency to flip-flop a lot. And it's funny because... He will tell people one thing and he will tell what that respective fan base wants to hear. But that's not the whole story. I always remember at the trade deadline when he was with the Jets. When he was flabbergasted that Joe Douglas even considered trading him. That he picked up the phone, which by the way is Joe Douglas's job. And came out to the media basically bashing the front office or even considering trading him. Meanwhile, what no one knew was that he was lobbying for the Dallas Cowboys to trade for him at that deadline. Jamal Adams wanted to be the highest paid defensive player in the league, wanted close to $20 million with the New York Jets. 
And when it didn't appear he was going to get that, blasted the organization and demanded that they trade him. And the Jets did that. The Jets could have done a lot of things. And this is one thing I will never get with Jamal Adams because Jamal Adams last year, especially when he was interviewed, oh man, that was one of his favorite pastimes. Absolutely just ripping his former organization. I get it. The Jets were terrible last year. It was a low-hanging fruit. I completely get that. But Jamal should also understand that the Jets actually did right by him. The Jets easily could have just said, all right, you want to play hardball? You can play hardball too. We're going to be terrible this year anyways. Our best linebacker is going to opt out for COVID. We're not going anywhere. Guess what? Sit out. We don't care. We're going to have your rights. We know you're going to be upset, but guess what? You're under our team control, and there's nothing you can do about it. But instead, Joe Douglas did the right thing, and by the way, got an absolute haul for a safety. Two ones, a three, and another starting safety, which the Jets turned into Elijah Vera Tucker in this draft, who could be a Pro Bowl-level guard for 10 years. And oh, by the way, they will have another first-round pick in next year's draft from this trade. So it already looks like the Jets won that trade. But the thing that always bothered me was he loved bashing the Jets, but the Jets also sent him to a great team. They sent him to a team where he was going to thrive with. They could have sent him to a terrible team. They could have sent him to a team where he was going to have no playoff aspirations. The Jets gave them everything he wanted. And it looked perfect from the get-go in Seattle. Oh, I love being a Seahawk. He was Mr. Seattle and, of course, set the record for sacks by a safety, quote-unquote, last year. And I say that because I consider him more of a linebacker, but I'll get to that in a little bit. So Jamal Adams is basically living large, smoking that cigar at the press conference in Seattle. Times were good, and I always kept thinking to myself, when's the honeymoon going to end? And it apparently ended. Seattle's in a very difficult position because they're a very good football team. They likely can compete for a Super Bowl. But this offseason has been challenging. Their face of the franchise, Russell Wilson, rightfully went out and said, can you get me some help? So the team did that. Now they have a contract situation, not only with Jamal Adams, but with Dwayne Brown, their great left tackle. And oh, by the way, The other elephant in the room that no one is talking about for the Seattle Seahawks is they have a great young wide receiver who will likely break the bank and get top dollar, and that's DK Metcalf. That contract's also coming down the road as well. So Seattle's in a tough position because they have to pay a lot of players, and one of them protects their franchise quarterback, and the other is a great defensive player that they gave up a haul for. And this is the thing for Jamal Adams. And Jamal Adams has to understand, and I don't think he's understood this in the NFL. And this is one of the things that many people don't understand about the NFL until I think it's too late. The NFL is like life. It's about making compromises. You can be the highest paid player at your position. You can go on free agency and make a boatload of money. But what's the problem with that? It's usually with a bad team. And a bad team that likely won't be going anywhere. Or you can be on a great team. 
but you're probably going to have to take a pay cut. Even the great quarterbacks, like we've even seen Patrick Mahomes, who got the biggest contract in history, is already reworking it so the Chiefs can keep some of their great players. Tom Brady always made sure that he was never in the top 10 of paid quarterbacks. Why? Because he wanted great players around him to win. Jamal Adams has a problem. He wants to be the highest paid defensive player, not just safety or linebacker, whatever he's declaring himself now. He wants to be the highest paid defensive player in the league, in a league that's built around offenses. So if I was going to say who should be the highest paid defensive player in the league, it's probably the league's best pass rusher. And I believe Aaron Donald is that. If you were to tell me he's the highest paid defensive player, fine. But Jamal Adams, for as great as he is, also has faults. Because while he's a great hybrid player, it's kind of hard to put him in a box. Is he a rush linebacker? Not really. Is he a true safety? No, and he's not great in coverage. He's a great player that doesn't have a defined role necessarily. And I think that also hurts with the contract negotiations. So now you're in a situation where he wants to be the highest played player, but he also wants to be on the best team. I hate to tell you this, Jamal, but you're going to have to make a sacrifice. If you want to, you can still get paid a lot of money. From all reports, this money would make him the highest paid safety in the league. But Jamal has always had this ego. And ego in the NFL is a good thing because you want guys to have an ego and a swagger. But you also want them to be somewhat realistic. Because if Jamal's realistic with himself, he realizes the Seahawks, with all the great players that they have, with a franchise quarterback that's getting a top five salary in the NFL, they don't have the money or the resources to give $20 million to a hybrid safety linebacker. In order to be great, they could give Jamal his money. But what does that mean with DK Metcalf? Can they keep Brown? Will they have to move Lockett's contract? Will they have to get rid of some offensive linemen? Will they have to get rid of a great pass rusher to keep him? There are always trade-offs. And this was the thing with Seattle. And I said at the start of the show, when they made the trade for Jamal Adams, they should have signed him right there. Just give him his money up front. Get it to him so there wouldn't be any complaints. And I always was skeptical. I always felt he was going to complain about his contract when someone got paid higher than him. But at least you would have committed to him and you would have known what was on the books. And I get it with last year, with COVID, with the reduced salary cap. I get that that probably played a part in this. But I also was saying if Seattle waits and Jamal has a great year, which he did, I also think this year also hurt him in the contract negotiations as well because while he was great getting to the quarterback, we saw that he had some nagging injuries this year. He missed some games this year. He struggled in coverage. There were viral videos of a line online of him not making tackles, of bad coverage in the secondary. And then, of course, the playoff game where he couldn't make the defensive play in the Post-game conference, he comes out and says, well, I couldn't make that play because I'm injured. Okay, but Jamal, at that point in the season, 95% of every NFL player has something. 
you can't just use the injury crutch. And it's just amazing because the way Jet fans have reacted to this is what you'd expect. They're like, see, this is this is what we had to deal with for a year and a half. And we were a bad team. I mean, you have a good team. You would think he'd be happy on a team that could win a Super Bowl. But this is the thing with Jamal. Jamal has this persona where... Once again, I I love ego. I think ego is great to be a great player, but he's got to be realistic. You can't have everything in the NFL. There's got to be trade-offs. But the biggest concern if you're Seattle isn't necessarily Jamal playing, because I do think Jamal's going to play because he's got the $10 million on the line this year. Could I see a potential holdout for a couple games? Maybe, but he's not going to hold out the whole season. To me, the biggest thing I think you have to worry about is being a potential clubhouse cancer because the Jets locker room was absolutely run. And I'm not saying it was all Jamal. It was mostly Adam Gase. But it did feel like once Adams was out of the picture, the clubhouse did get better. And one of the things, too, is like with the Jets, I want to sign Marcus May, not just because he's a good safety, but because he's the team's quiet leader, and everyone says he's a, the leader of that team. And the funny thing with Jamal was he always came out publicly and was saying, I'm the leader of this team. I'm the captain. Everything runs through me. But did you notice how when he was traded from the Jets, a couple players were like, yeah, we'll miss him, but it didn't feel like the Jets were really that upset that he was gone. I mean, he did take shots at the organization. And look, I get he was frustrated. And I understand that this is the NFL. And Jamal Adams has a great example because he lives with one. His father was a running back in the NFL, got hurt in his career, and didn't get his money. And I get why for a guy like Jamal, that's very important. But once again, he doesn't understand his value. Because if you had a crystal ball and you went to the New York Jets back in that draft with the sixth pick and you had the Jets there with the players that were still available and you went, who would you take? I'm telling you, Jamal Adams would not be the first pick. Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, Christian McCaffrey. There is a lot of great players from that draft. There is a lot of talent that was left on the board. And if you had the Jets to do it all over again, and the Jets who had Mike McCagnan, who thought Christian Hackenberg was a franchise quarterback, if you had anyone with any common sense, they would have been like, yeah, we're going to need a quarterback. Christian Hackenberg is not the answer. And the Jets would never have drafted Jamal Adams. But for Seattle... Your big worry now is, does this become a distraction? Because especially if Brown gets his money, Jamal Adams is going to go, wait a minute, you guys gave up all this draft capital for me and now you're not going to pay me? I could see him maybe holding out. And it's clear too, because they've laid out the plan. They've already said we're, our goal is to franchise tag him for the next two years. And Jamal Adams is already trying to fight that by saying, well, I'm not a safety, I'm a linebacker, because linebackers get more money as the franchise tag. So he's already negotiating the franchise tag, which he doesn't want, so he can get a higher franchise tag, 
And then likely, if they franchise tag, if I had to guess, he's going to want an extension or he's going to hold out or he'll try the old, well, you trade me to a team that will pay me. But unfortunately for Jamal Adams, if he truly wants to be the highest paid defensive player in the NFL, there could be a team that could give it to him. But there's the trade-off, which is it's likely going to be a bottom five team. Every year we talk about cap space, which teams usually have the most cap space? Bad organizations, teams that have not done well, teams that are rebuilding, have offloaded big contracts. They're the teams that can spend crazy money. So for Jamal Adams, you have to understand now, and it's going to be interesting if he ever takes this offer, if he can hammer out a long-term deal, but it's it's reported that they're at an impasse right now. What is going to happen? And for Jamal Adams, he's going to have to look in the mirror and decide, do I want to get good money and be on a great team and in a great organization? Or do I want to sacrifice being in the playoff picture to get top dollar? Because especially as a safety or even a linebacker in the NFL, if you look, unless you're Aaron Donald, one of the Bosa brothers, or one of the elite shutdown corners in this league, teams don't want to invest that much money on their defense. It's all about the offense. They want to invest in the quarterback, the offensive line, wide receiver, they have some left over, a great tight end if they have a great tight end. And unfortunately for Jamal, he that's just the position he plays. He can still get good money. You look at the franchise tags he could get, he's still going to get good money. But he has been hell-bent. He said with the Jets he wanted $20 million a year as a hybrid safety linebacker. Who's a great safety? Don't get me wrong. He is an incredibly talented player. But there are also flaws in his game and you don't want to pay a specialist that much money when you could get a need filled that's much more important that you can rely on more so this is going to be a fascinating story and right now the reaction from two fan bases is very different for the New York Jets it's a bit of a smirk where you feel like this trade worked out in your favor and you're going, oh, see Seattle? It's not so easy, is it? And meanwhile in Seattle, I do think that there is a sense that they hope this can get done. But there's also going to be a lot of pressure to say, if you don't get him locked in, it's like we gave up all this draft capital for a potential rental. But either way, we will keep up with the story and we'll update you as it progresses. That's it for this episode of Rich Sports Talk. Thank you so much for joining us here today. Make sure to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any of our latest content, especially as we head into the 2021 NFL season. Until next time, this is Rich Sports Talk. Thank you for joining us.